I do get questions about the roles of libraries and how they're changing. And I think that libraries is part of our work to be flexible depending on the needs of a community at any given point in time. I'm Kathleen Hughes with the Public Library Association, and you are listening to FYI, the Public Libraries podcast, a production of the Public Library Association. Our guest today is the 22-23 president of the Public Library Association, Dr. Maria Tazel Hudson-McCauley. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm the director of the Cambridge Public Library in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I'm the president of the Public Library Association, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Do you want to start maybe with sharing a bit about your background and how you came to be involved with the Public Library Association? I started off in libraries working part-time as a substitute at the Cambridge Public Library, circulation services at the front desk, checking out materials to people, greeting folks. And then I worked also at the AV desk. And that was a really fun room. It was like where all the VHSs were and records. And I had a mentor there. Her name was Susan Flannery. She was the director at the time. And um, she encouraged me to think about libraries as a career. I thought, oh, you know, that's really interesting. I've always loved libraries. I should take this seriously. So she also told me about a new scholarship program, the American Libraries Association Spectrum Scholarship Program. I decided to apply for it and I got that scholarship. I think I was in the second cohort. I also decided to apply to University of Pittsburgh and I was a grad student there. And that's where I got involved with libraries, both locally and nationally. And I became a member of the Asian Pacific American Libraries Association around that time as well. The first 10 years of my life in libraries, I was working in academic libraries. So after I finished grad school, I went to Northeastern University in Boston, and I became a division member of ACRL. And so that was my first really wonderful division experience. And then I decided to shift back to libraries and cut my teeth as a new director at the Somerville Public Library. And that's when PLA really entered my life. I needed support as a new library director in the realm of public libraries. And uh, PLA was there for me. And I got to take advantage of continuing education. I got to meet other library directors, both seasoned directors, as well as, as new directors like me at that time. And then I went to Santa Monica in California. I call that my thawing out period and got more involved just nationally with lots of different things. And then because I had a baby and my partner was here in Cambridge, I moved back. And luckily, the Cambridge Public Library job opened and I was fortunate to land that gig. And it's been great. I've been here for six and a half years in Cambridge. I have a job that's in a career that's completely rewarding mm-hmm. and challenging. It's been so great. And I was able to kind of grow in my PLA capacity. And this opportunity came up to stand for election. And here I am. What else was it about public libraries that made you want to make the switch? I think I've always been just a, a mission-driven individual, which is probably why I worked in the arts field. And I temp. So what was great about being a temp, and there are a lot of downsides too about being a temp, but The upsides about being a temp is that you get to try a lot of things out. I did temp at a number of financial institutions. (laughs) I did not feel the same about working for the for-profit like financial institutions. So I made that switch and I'm really glad because if everything aligns, I can wake up and go to work and I feel like 
real intention behind my life. Let's talk about being the president-elect and the president of PLA. What has that been like for you and what are some of your top priorities? As president-elect, President Melanie Hoggins and immediate past president Michelle Jeske and executive director Mary Davis Fournier, they all welcomed me into the PLA leadership experience. And it also has been just such a joy to welcome Sonia Alcantara Antoine as president-elect this year. And Sonia and I actually go way back to Spectrum. So we've known each other for quite a long time. So it's just amazing to be able to be, you know, back-to-back together. The board members are so bright, talented, and engaged, and they offer perspectives from their experiences working in small rural, mid-sized, and large urban public libraries across the country. So that's really cool, too, is to kind of hear all the various experiences. And the PLA staffers, they advance PLA operations, like, expertly, and, and they also work really hard. And I want to give a shout out to people like Lara Clark. She has helped me to prepare for media interviews. And most importantly, I think I feel her support. I feel even more invested by working with Mary Davis and Valera and the other PLA staffers and leadership colleagues in the work of PLA. And what are some of your top priorities? My top priority is helping PLA to center equity, diversity, inclusion, and social justice. Oftentimes, organizations add EDI work as another strategic arm. That is an important start. However, organizations committed committed to equity work can only truly carry out equity work by centering equity. Rather than thinking about, let's get through our operations work, our planning work, our financial planning work, and then if we have time, we can then, you know, add in our equity work, our equity diversity inclusion work. It is starting with what is equity? Where does it fit? How do we have that at the center and infuse all of our work around equity and inclusion? And that's really hard. And I'm not saying that we've got it yet. Like I'm saying that that's what we aspire to do through our strategic plan is center equity work. Let me give you kind of like a practical example of what that might look like for libraries. For my institution, we're trying to hire a lot of talent right now. And I think a lot of libraries are in the situation. It's really easy, I think, to just look for qualified, talented staff members. But when you don't take hiring a diverse workforce into account or expanding an ideal of what is the ideal candidate, then I think organizations lose out because then they don't have the rich depth of experience. Different libraries are doing this in different ways. In Cambridge, the way that we've been approaching this, and we have a lot of support from the city because the city has a whole recruitment plan around hiring a diverse workforce too. Things like Making sure a job description is what you actually need for somebody to do that job. You make sure that the qualifications are what is needed to actually carry out that job. Is the job description written in plain English, simple English? Do we have a diverse panel to be considering the applicants? Do we have a diverse pool of applicants? What are the criteria for the most qualified candidates? And to be really thoughtful about that process so that the people that you end up hiring are qualified and that hopefully it adds to the depth of diversity within an organization. It's an important concept in furthering your goals in that arena. Another example is a lot of libraries are doing work in the STEM realm or digital inclusion realm, which is really important. 
in Cambridge, we've made an intentional decision that our makerspace, our state-of-the-art free makerspace, is closed in the morning so that we can have that space available to nonprofits who are doing equity work and school partnerships. And so that there's plenty of room for working with in Cambridge where there's an equity gap. And then opening up also the time in the afternoons and evenings and weekends for the general public to be able to sign up. That's an interesting idea. Have the organizations been taking advantage of it? Yeah, it's been great. And it's one thing to have great spaces, but it's also so important to have the talent to be able to activate those spaces and programs. And we're really fortunate to have these STEAM experts who are making all kinds of inroads and connections in addition to creating exciting curriculum and career pathways for our community. Switching gears a little bit, what are your thoughts on the increased roles that libraries are being asked to play in their communities, often to compensate for shredded societal social nets? I do get questions about the roles of libraries and how they're changing. And I think that libraries is part of our work to be flexible, depending on the needs of a community at any given point in time. When I hear back to like individual stories about a librarian who made an impact on someone's life, in some ways, the library people have always been doing this work. But I also think that there's a lot of programmatic changes that have been made in recent years, including more digital equity employees who are focused on digital inclusion or making sure that vulnerable staff members have supports in the community. So, for example, social work programs, I think the, the latest diversity studies show that like 9 or 10 percent of public libraries have some kind of social work program. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. We have a social worker at the Cambridge Public Library and she and her the program she has built and the interns also who work with her have just provided so much value to people who are seeking just all kinds of support, whether that is help filling out a form or just finding resources or getting connected in the community. When you provide a support and you are listening, then you learn more about what the community really needs. Licensed social workers, they're trained and they keep up with their learning themselves, not only help do direct patron help, but has helped our whole team by providing different kinds of training experiences for staff as well. As you know, PLA has a social worker task force. They released a book, A Trauma-Informed Framework for Supporting Patrons, the PLA Workbook of Best Practices, which is available on the ALA store. It's um, all about using trauma-informed ideals in your library services. I do think that that's something that staff need help with. And a lot of patrons have lots of life experiences and everybody suffers yeah. from some kind of trauma or another. So it's really good to understand that more. Why don't we talk a little bit about the recent update of the PLA strategic plan? The big thing is really centering equity, inclusion, social justice. We've touched on that. You know, another area that is really important to acknowledge is leadership into professional growth and professional growth at all levels. It's really important that everybody grows no matter what level they're in within a hierarchical organization. And that, to me, leadership is at all levels within an organization and within an association. So I think it's really exciting to acknowledge the importance of professional growth. 
advocacy is also so important. And we all acknowledge uh, the censorship, the increase in censorship challenges that are out there. And I think sometimes it can be overwhelming. Like, what do we do about it? PLA has offered some really great continuing education opportunities for training about intellectual freedom and about what's happening at the national level. And then I think what's really nice is that they're also working, you know, with others within ALA supports locally so that people can have the training and resources to be able to deal with local challenges. As we've moved through dealing with pandemic and being so inventive and also strong and acknowledging pain and trauma, then, you know, how do we then think about what will the new normal be like in public libraries, but also how do we set that agenda? There are a lot of challenges for public libraries right now, but there are also just so many opportunities for strategic creative thought and that I would encourage libraries to think about the not just at this moment, but also all the possibilities in the future as well. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been great talking to you. Our guest today was the 2022-2023 president of the Public Library Association, Dr. Maria Tazel Hudson-McCauley, director of the Cambridge, Massachusetts Public Library. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.